We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 313. Our guest today is from Northern Ireland, but he has spent several years now wintering during the Winter Equestrian Festival in Wellington. He has represented his country at the European Championships in Germany and the World Equestrian Games in Denmark. In 2022, he qualified for the 2023 FEI World Cup Finals that is just weeks away in Omaha, Nebraska, as the leader of the North American League standings, thanks to brilliant performances from both Legacy and Ivory TCS throughout the year. Recently, he won the four-star Grand Prix during WEF 8. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Daniel Coyle. Hi, Daniel. Hi, how are you? Doing well, how are you? Very good, very good. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on. No problem, my pleasure. Um, Take me back to the beginning. How did you first find yourself in the horse world? Um, I kind of... I suppose we grew up in a, uh, yeah. in, a, in a horsey environment from my father used to show jump and then my cousin and then even my older brother. And it just seemed to be uh, part of our lifestyle, if you like. Um, so we've always been surrounded with horses and ponies and, and, and everything else. So we kind of, it's kind of in the blood and from the beginning. Yeah, definitely. I feel like with that, it kind of goes one of two ways you want like, nothing to do with the rest of the family does or you like really love it and are all about it were you um like super interested in horses from the beginning what was that dynamic for you i am actually a father of two little girls at the moment and i hope i hope they're not uh, super excited about the industry me myself growing up i wasn't overly excited because mm-hmm. i guess there was always someone better than me should it be uh, should it be my older brother Jordan or, or my cousin Christian or my father? And I seemed like the the one that was just dragging their feet along a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially in the ponies, I was never I was never super excited because most of the time I was failing. I was not. Uh, they were all very competitive and winning. And okay, I'm talking whenever I was ten years old or younger, but. But still, at that point, there was no. I had no big ambition to be where I am today. So, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a change. But at at one point, you have to ask yourself: Is this what you're going to do or not? And it sounds like you were competitive from the start. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't like losing, so I I guess I thought maybe I should try something else. Yeah. Um, but uh, I got to a point in ponies where uh, my older brother had had stepped away from the from the, the certain section of the of the ponies which was the 12 two ponies at that time so then that was my my opportunity to start being more competitive and and had to somewhat keep up a reputation for for the rest of us and and I did and I thought this is um this is much more fun than what I had been previously doing uh, by winning a few things and 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 going a little more trying to make some sort of strategy rather than um, I was always brought along to the shows and, and give a lot of uh, advice. And it was always think fast or don't think at all because 
if you didn't think fast and do something, they just we just moved on to the next pony and the next rider, and it mm-hmm. was uh, it was a really good upbringing that way. That uh, we got to we got to know very early what we wanted to do and how we wanted to do it. Right. When was the first time that you showed in Wellington? I guess I am. I am twenty eight years old now, and I came here when I was twenty one, so seven years ago. Okay. Uh, seven years ago. What was that like um, as far as just the the environment between, you know, from Ireland to Florida? Obviously, now you go a little bit back and forth. Like, where do you spend your summer usually? I usually try and spend my summer in, in Europe because mm-hmm. um, in Europe, uh, in the summer, that's where the biggest horse shows are. Right. Uh, like Aachen and Dublin and all of the of the above and usually there's a major championship on every year or, or every other year and to be at them you gotta you gotta go to Europe. Mm-hmm. Um I myself before I came here I had I had a few very good owners and uh, I, I went to Portugal a few times with, with a lot of horses and sadly one of those passed away and um, my other owner left the sport. She didn't want to do it any longer. And then that left me with um, very little left um, as far as owners and horses. And this is is an expensive sport, but um, it's not an expensive sport to get started in. And if you can get going well, then you don't. Uh, then the money side of it takes care of itself. But mm-hmm. until that point, it can be very very hard. And that's how I ended up coming to Florida. Um, when I was twenty years old, I had won already a lot of two-star um, classes and had a few very competitive horses and, and won a few 150s on a few stylings and things. Were, they seemed like they couldn't be going better. And then all of a sudden everything stopped and there was there was no money. I had no money myself and um, there was no owners left and the horses I had were just not quite good enough. Um, so it left me at a, at, a, at a stage in my life I had to decide how was I going to go forward? How am I going to expand? And where where do I go from here? Things seem to be going wonderful a, a year or two years before. And now all of a sudden I'm somewhere where with nothing and nobody and, and, and no money even to even to pay my rent in my house. So I started putting feelers out as to uh, looking for a job. And I was going to go to Europe actually and, and get a job at a, at a, a good yard in Europe because... I figured that's how I would uh, get on to the next level. And uh, a good friend, actually, Barry O'Connor, says to me uh, they're looking for someone to, to help Connor Swale with his younger horses. And that was like a dream come true for me to get that job. And it was only for the for the few months in Florida. But when I came here and I knew no one, I mean, I knew a few faces, but I didn't know anybody at all. Mm. And uh, I stayed at stayed at home every single night, and um, I rode the horses all day, and then and then that was it for me until the next day. So it was like boot camp, if you like. But within one month, uh, I got a few chances in the ring to jump a few one forties and stuff, and I won a few classes, and a few people started to to see me, and and then um, by the end of circuit, um, Ariel Grange now. My uh, owner and supporter, her mother, says to me, would I ever consider going to Canada? So 
I was looking for somewhere to go anyway. So I, I went there and it was a complete game changer for me. Things really just, I got really lucky getting the job in the first place. And then I got even more lucky by them asking me to come and ride for them full time. And then uh, a real spanner in the works was, was Connor left the team. So it left me and other door open. Everything just happened. But then from going from that place, not knowing what, how I was going to keep going or, or pay my rent at the end of the week yeah. to uh, having all this stuff left at my feet was a, was also then daunting the other way to know whether I was good enough to do it or not. That's so cool. I, I love that. I mean, and you've obviously this season as Wellington is starting to come to a close, you've had a lot of success. Um, tell me a little bit about your current string of horses this season. I would say right now I I have um I have the best string I probably ever had in, in, in my career. Again, it maybe four years ago I had a very strong team uh, of horses and I had a bad car crash and I was 27th in the, in the world at that point and that obviously put me back for uh, really, I got back riding within uh, three months maybe, but it, it took, a, took a year off, off my career. I'm now 22 in the world with with probably a better string, and I have uh, Legacy, who has has been to two major championships successfully, and she's won so many of those World Cup qualifiers and other Grand Prix, Nations Cups. I've had her also from from a young age. Most of the horses we have tend to buy them a little younger and uh, produce them the way we 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 want them in the end. Uh, like Verona, for instance, as um, she's a little older now, but she was a young horse that we produced to the top, and and Legacy as well, um, and Quinton as well, and now Ivory as well. They, mm-hmm. they, uh, I just the only horse that I haven't haven't had so much time with is the, the newer one, I suppose, on the scene, Gisborne the Stallion. Mm-hmm. Very, 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 uh, good horse and. And I've I've high hopes for him, but I have not had the same I haven't had the same time that I've had with Legacy since seven years old, Quinton from seven and Ivory from seven years old, and they're all ten, eleven and twelve now and really ready to make their mark on the on the world. But uh Gisborne's the one I need to I need to figure out the most, I would say. Yeah, and obviously something that you've learned and it, it shows with your success is that you know, that doesn't happen overnight and you have a, a variety of horses. And I know that you've also spent some time with, in, with them, with lower level classes. I know that there's like a, there's an Instagram post and your caption was um, going from the big ring to the back ring reminds us that every horse starts where it starts. So yeah. I think that that, tell me a little bit more about, you know, like that approach and why it's so important to you to really like meet each horse where they're at. Those are um, good examples for me and and Ariel also has a, a big breeding program as mm-hmm. I have myself in Ireland and those horses are they're a little behind for their age so I have to the the thing I have to keep telling myself and I think a lot of a lot of riders maybe miss it a little or or maybe they just don't mind to to spend one week with those horses and and them rings and them learning how to just just go around 
Mm-hmm. Um, when you come back to that in two or three years' time, there's already a little bit of a bond or a relationship there from from the beginning. Um, so if you can have somebody to to do that for you, it's great. But for me, uh, sometimes it's just better you do it yourself once or twice, even every so few months, to also to find out how good they are because all of these horses, they're not they're not all talented as each other and some can be better than the other ones and the other one have more talent so i've had a, a busy circuit here we had uh we had five horses i think in the 90 centimeters one day and four <laughs> yeah. the next day in the meter and then jump the grand prix on saturday night and it's a uh, a lot of riders don't do it but it's it's something i really uh i really enjoy doing i'm not saying i enjoy it every week because it's mm-hmm. really impossible to do them all all the time but right. uh when there is time, I, I, I like doing it. Definitely. Growing up, one of my dream horse venues was the Kentucky Horse Park. And now I've had the pleasure of taking our clients and our show team to the infamous Alltech Arena. And it's just totally a full circle moment. Well, speaking of Alltech, I have had the pleasure of getting to know the Alltech nutrition team and all of the amazing equine supplements that they offer. I didn't know that they offered supplements for a range of animals, but their equine supplements really have special ingredients that really help digestive health, muscle function, joint health, you name it, stronger hooves, and just overall body condition. They are really premium supplements and they have just the ideal blend of ingredients to improve horses' health and performance. So if you have not tried out Alltech Performance Nutrition, you should definitely check it out. If you head over to their website at alltech.com, they will really help you get started based on what your horse's needs are, um, where you kind of normally shop for feed products, and if there's any specialty ingredients that you are looking to incorporate into your horse's regime. So again, that is alltech.com, A-L-L-T-E-C-H, and they have tons of information about how to incorporate more specialty ingredients into your horse's supplements. Recently, during WEF 8, you won the four-star Grand Prix, so congratulations on that. Thank what you. Do you. Yeah, what do you feel like it took for winning, uh, you know, a four-star Grand Prix like like WEF 8? Tell me a little bit about the round, uh, what your thought process was, and what was your thought process during the course walk? Give me the lowdown. That was a, an emotional win for me because I own... Um, half of that horse with Ariel. I, I wanted to buy her as a seven-year-old and just didn't have the money. And uh, Ariel says, well, I'll buy I'll buy half with you. So we keep her together. And as this sport is so expensive now. Um, yeah. And I don't uh, I don't have the, the funds that other riders may do and other riders don't have at all. I thought this is a, an amazing little horse and uh, whether she ends up jumping the top level or not i think it be a really good uh, really good thing for me to do so we bought her together and for the last few years i i uh, i jumped a few 150s at spruce meadows and she won one and was placed in one and she also won a few 150s uh, five stars in california i've been telling so many people that this horse doesn't look like she's going to jump everything but she is going to do it uh, I can feel it. I can feel it, you know, and they, 
a few uh, wealthy people and, and, and good owners and, and they came and tried her and they liked her, I, I guess, but none of them liked her enough to take her home. And I'm delighted that they didn't that to this point, but she always gave me the feeling that she was going to do something big at some point. So uh, last week I says to my groom, my head groom, Greg, I says, Everything we do is for Ivory to try and win this Grand Prix because I feel like since uh, last year, since she was second in that World Cup, I have been misled in my head and I thought maybe I should sell her and some people tried her. And I, I just said last week, that all has to go away and I'm not I'm not concentrating on the horse. I'm not riding the horse. I'm riding, mm. trying to sell it to somebody else. So. He says to me, "Thank God, I can't believe you're you're back to where you used to be." So, <laughs> in the qualifier, I took all the all the boots off her and let her just be as natural as possible. And um, she had she had two fences down, and and in a very in a very good way, just accidents that they weren't uh, there was nothing really wrong. And um, she always always when you really really ask her, she gives her all. So. That was a very tough first round of that uh, Grand Prix because of Nations Cup week and mm-hmm. everybody, you know, the, the the thing is with a four-star Nations Cup here, it's not the biggest Nations Cup in the world, but it means the best riders that are jumping the Nations Cup want to try and use their lesser horse or younger horse in the Nations Cup and their better horse in the, in the Grand Prix because obviously there's more money for that. Right. Thankfully, um, that's exactly what happened for me, but I didn't have to jump the, the Nations Cup at all. So I was very fresh and ambitious. And I, she had a little rub on the last line of the first the first round. It was a combination. I came down for a lot of people, but when it stayed up, I thought there's a little bit of luck for me today also. Yeah. So uh, I was really, 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 uh, I really wanted to win that Grand Prix. Not for me, I won bigger ones than that, but... That horse hasn't, and it, and, it, and it meant a lot to me when she did. So cool. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the dynamic because, you know, obviously at the end of the day, there is that that level of, you know, what you're doing is a business. And, you know, there's that fine line of sale horse and, and you know, horse for your career. And um, how do you kind of like ride that fine fine line? Let's say like money wasn't, uh, you know, like involved or, you know, a, such a, such a motivator towards that. What are, what are some traits that you look for in your horses that, that really are a great fit for you and your riding style? Well, that's, that's an interesting question actually, because there's, um, there's a fine line between a good horse, a good sales horse and a competitive horse. Right. And the, the sport right now has gone so, um, competitive and, uh, Everybody knows everything and knows every stride, and it makes it very hard for the for the horses to knock the fences down. The material's got a little lighter, and so it's it's a whole dynamic. If you could look at a page with a thousand words on it and just pick one out, that's um, that's how <laughs> I see it anyway. Because you yeah. just don't know which horse you're going to need on the day. Problem is now that the the sales horse, the easygoing, nice, straightforward horse that does everything correct. That horse generally doesn't win the Grand Prix. It's not. Uh, it's not. It doesn't have the same eye. It's not as quick. It's not as involved. So 
that's probably why I still have Ivory. You know, she's mm-hmm. not she's not just everybody gets on and you push the button and she'll go around. That's not right. it. She's a little more difficult than that. But when you turn inside to a fence and it looks like it's a mountain to climb, you want to have a horse like her with you that's going to try and climb it. Yeah, the sport has really, really, uh, it's really became competitive. It's making the, the seal side of it a little harder. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And as something else you said, I know um, in an article I read from a couple of years ago, you talked about wishing the sport was a little bit more old fashioned and that there were, you know, less pressures on everyone. So what do you feel like are some of the negative impacts on having so much pressure to win now? Yeah, it's a situation I've been in a good few times, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. um, the problem is now there's so much expense for everything. Uh, like your entry fees is so expensive and to travel everywhere is so expensive. And I guess that's, you know, I can complain about it or say this or that. But actually, that's the way of the world at the moment. Everything's getting more expensive. Right. Everybody's getting paid more. Everything like as much as down to poles are more expensive now than they were five, six years ago. So I think um, the sport used to be a little bit more fun. And I actually, McLean Ward is, is, a, is a good friend of mine and there's nobody more focused and, and point-eyed on something. But a lot of the time um, I, have a, I have a good laugh with him about because he really wants to win and I really want to win as well. But to be able to take a deep breath and have second sometimes or third or even knock a fence down, it shouldn't mean so much. But mm-hmm. unfortunately now it, uh, it kind of does. And that's why the the horses have changed. Also, that they're they're a lot more competitive now than they were ten years ago. And yeah, I would love it to be more old fashioned, but I don't see it going back to that. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's so hard, and it's almost it's it's like once you've gotten a taste of of the success, it for some reason in the sport, it's like anything that isn't that is losing. (laughs) <laughs> and it's just yeah, yeah, it's yeah, so exactly. hard you know it's it's and obviously it's a having that mentality and being able to you know realize that it is a lifelong sport and it is the long game and having to you know get the timing just right and part of that is you know you're not going to win everything and that's the harsh reality of it sometimes for sure that's the one thing everybody wants to do is win every day and in this yeah. sport we all lose more than we win so it's just something we gotta we gotta deal with and, and try our best to, to take the advantage or take the take the goodness out of losing rather than get frustrated by it mm-hmm. um you've obviously had a lot of success but i'm sure you still have some big goals what is something that you're working towards uh, for the remainder of the year well, this year, actually, I haven't used, I jumped Legacy last week in a, in a, in a 145 just as a, just so I can get some, I say to the staff and the grooms and everybody, it's just for air miles as, uh, for, for Legacy. It's just to have her going around and get mm-hmm. some, some fitness and stuff going. But I haven't really jumped her in anything too big or too important yet. And I'm not sure that I will jump or anything too big or important until um, World Cup Finals is the first goal this year. Mm-hmm. It's um, so week 12 of WEF, which it's over, which would be World Cup Finals week 13. I think it's the beginning of April. Right. And um, that is the main goal right now. Um, I would also obviously 
love the the new gray stallion. I would love him to go to to the European Championships this year. I think we have a real shot for that, and I think he is um he's he's a very good horse for it. He's a lot he's a lot bigger than most, stronger than most, and I'm hoping that he can last over over a few days better than most. So I really hope that he gets to to the Europeans this year. And uh, the most uh, recent goal will be World Cup finals. The, the sport now has a Grand Prix every single week. So I got to try and win something that means more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What would you say is something that you are passionate about in the industry that you feel like people either don't talk a lot about or don't know enough about? I think there's a lot of different things in the sport that people don't really realize and go on or happen or how this all takes place and how everybody gets there and when when a fence comes down how disappointing it is to everybody Mm -hmm. but uh, I think the biggest thing for me is um, you will see most of the top riders riding um, a young horse at the in the six-year-old class here or the seven-year-old class even but um, there's a lot of riders you also don't see doing that and I think that's something a lot of them miss because if they would ride those younger horses and feel the feel the difference between them uh trying to run out or stop at a fence or knock one down by not understanding, I think that is um something that has really helped me in, in my career. The more I've I've worked with younger horses, the more it's made me understand the older ones actually, which is sort of uh, back to front, but it really, really makes a difference to me. So if there was if there was something I would um I would say to an older rider, a more experienced one is maybe every now and again, ride a young horse. Definitely. Yeah. I think that that's a great point and something that you don't always see all the time. I mean, one, like you were mentioning before, just the sheer out, like number of horses and hours in a day. Um, it's hard yeah. to do that, especially if it's a week with, you know, leading up to a big class and already being in the ring 10 times earlier in the it just, yeah, it gets, exhausting so uh, I'm sure that there's that dynamic and you know a big program but I think you're so right I think there's definitely something to be said in in feeling those younger horses and and really seeing what they have um, from the start and as well as kind of what you were saying that translating then to your other rides so, yeah I think that that's a really great point yeah that's something that's helped me it's something that's helped me so I I'll keep doing it Yeah, definitely. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for taking the time to share a little bit of your story and and what's been going on. I've loved watching all of your success and will continue to be keeping a lookout and I wish you all the best. Thank you very much. The pleasure is all mine. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.